Above 107 Columbia Street, with both eyes firmly planted on Uptown Downtown Albany, in the heart of the Richard A. Brown Nifty Recording Studios, welcome to this week's edition of the Nifty Practice Tips. This week, our topic is a motion for a mistrial by the people, and how this can be very risky business. So let's take a look. The potential for a double jeopardy ruling due to an inappropriate declaration of a mistrial at either the people's request or on the judge's sua sponte action is very real. Once jeopardy has attached, the standard required to justify the granting of a people's motion for a mistrial is gross misconduct, which is a very substantial burden. In the various decisions addressing the propriety of the court declaring a mistrial based on a defendant or defense attorney's misconduct, the term manifest necessity is continuously identified as the required standard that must be met. The defense attorney or defendant's apparent misconduct during the trial may not be significant enough, despite its impropriety when it occurs, to meet this standard. By acting out of anger in requesting a mistrial and having the court grant your motion without your first examining the situation more carefully and calmly, may well give the defendant a valid basis for a motion to preclude a new trial due to the application of CPL Article 40, the Double Jeopardy Statute. A review of cases that have addressed the propriety of courts granting such motions confirms that the appellate courts are not friendly to mistrials being declared merely because the defense attorney has disregarded the court's ruling on questions asked by the defense or to have made improper statements during trial to the jury. In the matter of Morris v. Lavodi, 1st Department, 2013, the court wrote, Where has happened here, the people move for a mistrial because of defense counsel's improper questioning of a witness or statements before the jury. Such misconduct does not manifestly necessitate a mistrial unless counsel's misconduct was egregious and substantially and irreparably prejudiced the people's case. In making this ruling, the court cited Matter of Rubenfeld v. Appelman, a Second Department decision. In this case, they noted, where the defense counsel disregarded the court's instructions during summation, interrupted the court, and displayed an argumentative manner and an overzealous advocacy, the court abused its discretion by declaring a mistrial and the people failed to meet their burden of demonstrating that a mistrial was manifestly necessary. Mistrials declared for reasons other than a motion by the people may also result in double jeopardy attaching. If the court, for example, becomes angered with the misconduct of the defense attorney, he or she may let this anger get the best of them, and instead of holding the attorney in contempt or imposing some other lesser sanction, he or she will declare a mistrial. This was what occurred in the previously mentioned Applebaum decision. Court wrote, The record reveals that the Supreme Court became irritated with defense counsel's overzealous advocacy, his interruptions, his argumentative manner, 
and his disregard of court instructions during his summation. To curb such behavior, the Supreme Court could have called a sidebar and imposed sanctions or threatened to punish defense counsel for contempt committed during his summation. If you improvidently move for a mistrial and the court grants that motion or the court moves on its own, the court has the authority also to rescind this order and continue the trial if the rescission is done before the jury is officially disbanded. This also applies when the court declares a mistrial based on the decisions that the jury has reached an impasse and will be unable to render a verdict. In People v. Dawkins, a Court of Appeals decision from 1993, after lengthy deliberations, the jury sent a note declaring that they were unable to reach a verdict. The court granted the defense motion for mistrial. While the parties were discussing a schedule for the retrial, the jury sent a note that they had reached a verdict. The court rescinded the mistrial ruling and accepted the verdict of guilty. The Court of Appeals held that any declaration of a mistrial for, in the trial judge's own words, a hung jury, was inchoate and thus subject to rescission by the court until it took the next step that was statutorily required under CPL 31060 to effectuate the termination of the trial because of jury deadlock that is, discharge of the jury after the court determined that the jury could not reach a verdict within a reasonable time. One of the key factors in justifying a mistrial based on the defense attorney's misconduct is that the court has exhausted all reasonable alternatives in addressing the misconduct that is short of a declaration of a mistrial. As noted in the Applebaum case, the court did not take any interim steps before imposing the sanction of a mistrial. In matter of Taylor v. Dowling, a Second Department decision, the court noted, Here, the trial court improvidently exercised its discretion in determining that a mistrial was a manifest necessity. During summation, the petitioner's trial counsel did not violate the trial court's directives to refrain from referencing the dismissed count of attempted murder in the second degree. In any event, even if the reasons for granting a mistrial are deemed actual and substantial. As noted previously, the trial court must explore appropriate alternatives and provide a sufficient basis in the record for resorting to this, quote, drastic measure. Note that a defendant may not benefit from his or her own misconduct during the trial to secure a mistrial. In the case of People v. Johnson, a First Department case where leave was denied in 2006, the court wrote, the court properly declined to reward defendants' courtroom outbursts by granting a mistrial. Any potential for prejudice that resulted from his behavior was of defendants' own making. Obviously, in this case, the defense attorney had moved for the mistrial. Also, a scheduled vacation for jurors or the judge is not a proper basis for a mistrial. While this may seem obvious, this issue was litigated in the case of People v. Michael, a 1979 decision from the Court of Appeals. Any declarations of a mistrial based on a determination by the court that the jury is truly at an impasse must have a sufficient record to justify the court's decision. Many trial courts will take the approach that the modified Allen charge and then the full Allen charge should be given before the court will declare a mistrial. In People v. Hewitt, a Fourth Department case where leave was denied by the Court of Appeals in 2017, the court wrote, 
Contrary to defendant's further contention, the court did not abuse its discretion in denying his motion for mistrial after the jury sent out a second note that it was unable to come to a unanimous verdict. The jury had been deliberating for only two days when the court received the second note and nothing in that note was indicative of a hopeless deadlock. Moreover, we conclude that nothing about it in the second Allen charge issued by the court was coercive. Additionally, we reject defendant's contention that the court abused its discretion in denying his motion for a mistrial, which defendant sought in light of the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, inasmuch as there is nothing in the record to indicate that the holiday had any impact on the jury deliberations. You will find in a majority of trials, the defense will be moving for a mistrial when the deliberations are lengthy or the jurors send out notes indicating they are deadlocked. The strategy here is to require you to retry the case or instead offer a lesser plea. This position by the defense that they are not opposed to the mistrial or themselves moving for it waives any claim of double jeopardy based on the declaring of a mistrial. However, be vigilant when the defense is not taking this position because their objection to a mistrial will preserve an appellate argument that the court did not have sufficient record to justify the mistrial and double jeopardy might attach. Whenever you feel the words, the people move for a mistrial based on defense's misconduct forming in your mouth, take a deep breath and consult with cooler heads in your office before actually making such a motion. If the court declares such a mistrial without you having made a motion for it, ask that the jury not be disbanded until you have had the opportunity to address the court as to the reasons why the mistrial should not be declared. Please be sure to check in the prosecutor's encyclopedia for numerous case sites and other memos addressing this issue of people's motions for mistrials and the possibility of double jeopardy. Our thanks as always to our crack producer and man about town, Jonathan Marconi Crispino. To all of you out there, be well and stay ready, my friends. <laughs>